0: Overnight news on Tiger Woods. Also, Phil Mickelson speaks not only for himself, but for everyone out on the Champions Tour about Tiger's accident and his impact. And Annika Sorenstam, back on the golf course again. We have everybody lined up in today's show. You'll hear from them all. Stand by for Fairways of Life Worldwide.
1: Welcome to the most listened to golf in the world. The Fairways of Life show on air, online, and around the world. With the most candid interviews, unforgettable stories, taking you beyond the ropes. Here's your host, New York Times best-selling author and golf channels, Matt Adams.
0: Absolute delight to have your company today, folks, from wherever you are joining us, around the United States or around the globe, there has been some Tiger news that came out in the overnight hours. Uh, This is from the Associated Press. I'm trying to see if there's an actual time for when this story was released. I don't have it, but I believe it was around roughly 10 p.m. Eastern time last night. And they write, Tiger Woods was moved Thursday to another Los Angeles hospital after undergoing surgery to his right leg after badly injuring the leg in a car crash. Harbor UCLA Medical Center said Woods was transferred to Cedars-Sinai Medical Center for, quote, continuing orthopedic care and recovery, end quote. The hospital didn't provide any other details, saying it was respecting patient confidentiality. Now, Anish Mahajan, the Harbor UCLA's chief medical officer, said the following in a statement, quoting, on behalf of our staff, it was an honor to provide orthopedic trauma care to one of our generation's greatest athletes, end quote. Woods was hurt Thursday when a 2021 Genesis SUV was driving on a downhill stretch of road struck a raised medium in the coastal Los Angeles suburb, crossed into oncoming lanes and flipped multiple times. Uh, Woods shattered the tibia and fibula bones of his lower right leg in multiple locations. Those injuries were stabilized with a rod in the tibia. Additional injuries to the bone in the foot and ankle required screws and pins, according to statements from the hospital and from Tiger's team. A couple of days ago, we will continue to keep you updated on Tiger's status as news comes in. Now, Phil Mickelson spoke yesterday about Tiger Woods and about the impact that he's had. And Phil not only spoke for himself, but he's at a Champions Tour event and he spoke for everyone there.
2: So all the guys here understand
0: and appreciate what he has meant to the game of golf and for us and the PGA Tour. And so uh, we all are are very appreciative and supportive of what he's done for us. But right now that's so far from our minds. And I thought Rory McIlroy really said it well when he said that we're just lucky and appreciative that his kids didn't lose their father. So uh,
1: we all are hoping and praying for a full and speedy recovery, but uh, we're also thankful because
0: that looked awful and we're thankful he's still with us. Phil Mickelson speaking about Tiger Woods. So many players have been addressing the subject the last few days. It was good to hear from him as well. Lots of big golf going on around the world today and into the weekend. Round one. Uh, is already in the books at the Gainbridge LPGA. Lydia Coe leading the way at seven under par. She's already on the golf course this morning as well and level par through three holes yet played. Uh, she currently has a lead over uh, Ryan O'Toole and Nellie Corda who's surging into contention. There you can see the leaderboard on your television screen if you're with us on the TV side from yesterday's first round with Ko on seven under par and multiple players then behind her on the mark of 6-5 and under. So the leaderboard is changing as we speak. However, one who played in the afternoon yesterday was the legend, Annika Sorenstan, a 72-time winner on the LPGA. She is currently tied for 77th after her first-round play, but Annika had trouble on one hole in which she took a triple bogey. Uh, From there, she had another bogey and another birdie. And afterwards, she reflected on what the day was like and what it felt like to be back.
3: I mean, score-wise, I would love to have been a little better. Uh, But, uh, you know, if I look at it objectively, you know, it's one hole that really messed it up. Um, I was trying to get back at it, but, you know, I can't remember the last time I had a triple or even hit it out of bounds. (laughs) So, um, you know, that certainly uh, put a damper in the round. But overall, I mean, I really had a good time. Um, I thought the course was playing beautiful out there. And playing with Anna and Madeleine was was a highlight and have everybody here, family and friends. It just doesn't get much better than that. And, you know, my goal this week to, you know, go out there and just get some experience again and kind of get used to what it's like to, you know, put down a score and finish a hole and, and not have no mulligans or no <laughs> gimmies and so I did that so um you know overall I mean it's you know I hit some fairies I hit some greens you know of course I could have been more aggressive on the putts I could have been a little bit more aggressive on you know some of the iron shots but you know at a point in my life now there it's not it's not automatic you know I don't stand there and it's not going it's not a pin seeker the way it was now it's more okay My I a green seeker so um <laughs> I did you know I did okay so it's a little more stressful golf I must say but uh overall I mean it's um it 's fun I really I did enjoy it so i 'm not going to focus too much on that hole it 's just you know got to forget about it, then move on and and take the memories that come with it yeah, I mean it, you know you hit a path and you just know it 's not online it 's not the right speed, and you know a lot of tentative shots out there and i 'm not really sure what i 'm afraid of, but um, you know I think just going out there and sometimes protecting it, uh, which i 'm not really used to doing but then again, I have nothing to protect. <laughs> so uh, it's just funny how the mind works. And I think when you get a little older, I told Mike, and he's like, did you push that putt? And I said, no, I just think my hands are doing funny things, you know. <laughs> and it's just, uh, but some of the things is due to the routine. I think it's very similar. I think just some of my mannerism is probably very similar. Um, I don't hit it as far. But then, you know, you kind of go about the same things you've always done. I think those things come automatically. Thanks. I, I need to be more aggressive. I really do. I mean, you, I can't leave putts short. Um, I mean, they need to go in to have a chance. I mean, I'm, I am I want to do, you know, give myself the very best chance, you know. But it's also, you know, I don't really have the speed uh, as much as I used to. And, you know, it's just I'm a different place. You know, before I felt like I had another gear. I've always had another gear. Um, I don't even know if I have a single gear <laughs> now. So, you know, you just kind of do what you do. And uh, But it's nice to be out here. You know, if I can continue to drive it. You know, I, I think I did pretty good. I missed maybe two drives, and I think, you know, that's okay. And maybe a few more fairways. I mean, sorry, a few more greens, and, and then maybe roll it a little bit more aggressively. Then we'll see what happens.
0: All right, Annika Sorensen after 77 in the opening round, giving her a reflection on everything that she was experiencing out there. And it's great to hear from a champion of her caliber. Now, another major champion is leading the way, Lydia Koh, is 7-under. She's played three holes in the morning round so far. Her lead, though, is down to one. Ryan O'Toole is 2-under through 7. She has reached a mark of 6-under par. She's joined on that mark by Nicole Broch larsen who's also at 6-under. She 2-2-under. In her efforts today, she has played six holes as yet. And Nellie Korda, one under after three. She has reached six under par, as we can see things tightening up out at the Gainbridge. Now, at the World Golf Championships event, which is taking place in Bradenton at the concession, it's actually called the Workday Championship. Webb Simpson leading the way, uh, six under par alongside of Matthew Fitzpatrick, both with rounds of 66. From there, scores of five under par include those tied for third. Brooks Kepka, Billy Horschel, Sergio Garcia, and Kevin Kisner all on five under par. The tour, as you know, when there's a World Golf Championship, has an opposite field event, and that is at the Puerto Rico Open. The Puerto Rico Open rounds already under play as we speak, and there are multiple players tied atop the leaderboard on seven under par. Lucas Glover's 300-11 holes played today to reach that mark. Adam Shank is four under through 11. He is seven under par as well. Cameron Percy, two under through 10 to get to seven under. Fabian Gomez is one under after nine. Uh, Brandon Wu is one under after six. All are tied atop the leaderboard at seven under par. Those tied for sixth. Again, a huge group there. Vegas, Ganey, Chalmers, Oppenheim, Garrigus, Campos, Pendrith. Hodges, all on the mark of six under par to give you an update on what's going on in the top 10. So, turning our sights back to the Gainbridge, uh, it is an absolute delight to welcome Amy Rogers to the show. She is a contributor for uh, Golf Channel. Uh, Her work can be seen virtually everywhere in association with the LPGA and more. The piece that we ran for you guys yesterday about Madeline Sagstrom, which was brilliantly produced, a very delicate subject, but a critically important one at that, you know what? She produced that as well. And she's joining us live on this Friday. Amy, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. First of all, congratulations on the piece that you put out about Madeline. I'm sure it was a very emotional piece to work on with her. And I'm, I'm also certain it's going to have an impact in many lives. Very well done.
4: Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Yeah, the reaction has been pretty incredible. And I had a chance to catch up with Madeline Seigstrom when she arrived here on site on Wednesday as well to get her reaction, you know, what she's been hearing from golf fans around the world. And, you know, it's just been overwhelming, the support, the compassion, the understanding for for what she's gone through. And really, you know, all the kudos go to Madeline for just the incredible strength and courage that she's shown and the willingness to want to share this story. And really the motivation behind her desire to want to sit down with me and share the story was that she just wants to help people. She hopes that anyone out there that sees her story will hopefully feel comfort. And just the feeling and, and knowing that they're not alone, that there's help out there. Um, so really, really powerful message and powerful story from Madeline It
0: yeah, Very much so. In, in every regard and in all those ways. And, and, and Amy, again, the piece that you put together uh, was so well done. Uh, obviously, you already have mad talent. You were a producer at Golf Channel before, before you uh, launched everything you've got going on right now and you continue your ascent. How did you get involved in it in particular? What, what was it that drew, drew you to this project?
4: Yeah, it was an interesting story. So Madeline Sextrom got her breakthrough win at the Gainbridge LPGA back in 2020 uh, in January. And shortly after that, she posted on Instagram a letter to her younger self. And she just outlined the words and wisdom that she would have shared to herself when she was a child. And it was really interesting. Um, Madeline is such an introspective person and she was telling her younger self, you know, to be patient, to be kind to herself. And it kind of opened this door into, you knew there was something deeper going on there. Um, It was shortly after this that I learned that Madeline had actually posted back in 2017 on Facebook about the sexual abuse that she had experienced. And while it got a lot of traction in her home country of Sweden, it really didn't across the golfing world. So when I approached Madeline about the idea of creating a video about the letter she wrote to her younger self, I also broached the topic of exploring this other part of her story and sharing um you know her story of the sexual abuse that she went through as a child and you know it's something so delicate you know you have no idea what sort of reaction you're going to get you know in asking someone if they want to sit down and talk about this but Madeline was ready you know i think she had already spent a few years in the healing process um and the self discovery process that she had gone through and the same motivation that she had in sharing it back in 20 20- 17 still rang true in 2020 that she was ready and willing um, with the hopes of just helping anyone who might hear her story.
0: Uh, Amazing. Uh, Noble and heroic on her part, but also on yours that you recognize that and you were willing to be a part of it and carry the message forth. And and I think part of that you alluded to in the reaction that you're getting, uh, not only from support, but I always believe that, and, and I realize it's kind of a you know, an optimist notion, but I, I've always believed that in whatever broadcast medium you're working in, that somewhere, somehow there's someone that needs to hear that message and they can benefit from it. And the fact that you guys tagged your message with, if you need help, if you need to speak to someone, reach out. And I just, it's just one more example, Amy, that blows me away that this game of golf Hitting a ball with a club can lend itself to these types of stories and that you could save or at least change multiple lives.
4: Yeah, I've seen that in quite a few of the stories that I've been a part of over the last few years, LPGA has really had an initiative to share more of these types of stories. You know, I was involved in sharing uh, Lizette Salas' story, you know, coming from a family of Mexican immigrants and going on to be the first in her family, um, you know, to compete on the LPGA tour. Um, And while it's not to the same degree, but her story is still one of inspiration to a lot of people, you know, um, that they can go on and pursue their dreams as well or... Um, with Mel Reed when I sat down with her for her first on-camera interview, um, after publicly coming out, um, you know, it was another message, you know, that she wanted to share with people that they also aren't alone. And, and so many times the reactions from fans, um, you know, or other media, it's just, or other media, it's just these aha moments, you know, that we have to be reminded and realize that you know, they're not just athletes, they're people too. And they're dealing with a lot of the same struggles and challenges that so many of us in the world are. Um, and thankfully a lot of the players out here on the LPGA are aware that they have this incredible platform to be able to share their message um, and help others.
0: You know, Amy, uh, in watching your career, it's interesting because <laughs> the campaign you're a part of is drive on and, and you've done the same. And it, it's interesting to me from a, from a standpoint of, of, candor, but in, in watching your reports on golf channel and being your friend and being very proud of, of what you're doing and how you're doing it, you know, I, w- I was thinking back to, I mean, you and I have worked together on the golf channel side. You have been my producer on the golf channel side and you're brilliant at that. It's, it's hurting cats. I get, but the fact that you had in your heart and mind, a goal and a dream that you are going to pursue as a broadcast journalist in addition, and, and, and having seen the business, I know how people, I'm going to say typecast, but I don't mean that necessarily in terms of what you do on the air. I mean in terms of what you do. And people say, well, you're a producer. Producers produce, and that's what you do, and you can ascend through that, through that track for the rest of your life. But to make the transition to the broadcast side the way that you have, it is not easy. And it's not a normal thing to do. It, it normally, as I mentioned, you get entrenched and that's where they keep you. You've done a brilliant job at it. So I just thought the reason why I bring it up to you at this time is, is again, I think it can be an inspiration for young people, uh, particularly young women that are interested in the field. And, and I wonder if you could comment on, on kind of your conviction of digging it out of the dirt.
4: Yeah, it has been quite a journey, as you alluded to. Gosh, I can't even remember how long ago that was that that you and I first worked together at the PGA show. And like you said, I was just a production assistant, you know, running around with you, uh, you know, g- grabbing club manufacturers and and people to interview um, for you at the show. Um, but yeah, when I was 14 years old, I just I knew that this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to cover the game of golf and get into broadcasting. And I had no idea the long and winding journey that it would become, um, you know, and it's taken me a lot of different places um, and including working in production at Golf Channel as a freelancer for a number of years Um but I think in the end, those additional experiences that I got have only helped um, you know, in my storytelling um, and, and having the opportunity to tell stories like Madeline's and, and knowing mm. what it takes um, and what goes into the production of, of a story like that. Um, and it's funny, I think I've realized over the last few years with stories like Madeline's and, and Lizette and Mel, um, you know, as you said, I have a little bit of my own drive on story as well. And I think through telling their story, I'm telling my own story. Um, I'm not someone that really likes attention or to talk about myself, which I know is ironic given my chosen career path. But, you know, I feel a lot more comfortable um, asking them the questions and um, being able to share their story. So I think in a way I'm, I'm sharing my story of perseverance and determination, you know, all of these years to get to this point in my career by, by sharing their story as well. So, yeah, it's thrilling for me now to to have gotten to this point. You know, it's been about 15 years in the making, um, so it's, it still feels very surreal for me to now be here um, and, and to be at this point, but I'm thrilled. And if there's anybody that, you know, I can, um, you know, ever help along the way in their journey, I'm, I'm definitely happy to do that.
0: I love the 15-year overnight success stories, but I <laughs> will ask you one additional question, even though I know you're reticent to talk about yourself. I, I have a feeling you're, you're going to want to deliver the following. Uh, what message do you have for young people? And as I mentioned, particularly young women that are interested in getting into whatever their particular dream is, and maybe it is sports uh, broadcast journalism.
4: You know, it's funny, I look back, you know, at 14, and where I was at that point in my career, I won't or in my life, I won't tell you what year that was. So you can't do the math on how old I am exactly. But, you know, there weren't a lot of women, you know, in golf. I mean, there's still not a ton of women um, in golf and broadcasting, but it never occurred to me that that was the case. I just saw that this is what I wanted to do. And I set out to do it. And I hope that other women see the same thing, you know, um, that they can be pioneers in their own way and carve their own path. And if even if they don't see, you know, other females doing it, because, you know, we're seeing in culture today, you know, there's a need for more women in sports and in the industry and in these positions. Um, and I hope that they'll see through my perseverance and determination over these 15 years that, you know, sometimes life's going to take you in some weird weird directions and weird paths. And, and you're going to think at times that you're never going to get there. I definitely thought that on many occasions, but um, you know, everything happens for a reason. And I think all of that experience uh, leads to something. And, and so if you feel like you've gotten off the path, just take it in, you know, for whatever reason, that experience is going to help you in your journey and, and eventually you'll get where you need to go.
0: And I think another important message to that, and it certainly is the case in in sports journalism, uh, I suspect it's the case in life, is that you will run into people who will definitely pour water on on the flame of your passion. They will definitely tell you that you are not what someone's looking for or imply that you're not going to make it in this particular field. Whether you make it or don't make it does not depend upon that individual's opinion. It depends upon yours. So uh, I think that's really important especially today because because opinions come in from so many different places. In so many different ways. So congratulations with all of that. Amy had no idea I was going to talk about any of that, but I'm very proud of Amy and what she's doing. Uh, oh, and and uh, I think that that's something that can serve as an inspiration for many. And then I had to ask you about Madeline's piece because it was brilliant. So there is a golf tournament though going on yeah. as we speak. Uh, and that tournament has some huge names atop the leaderboard. And it's interesting because here we were talking about the weight of Madeline's story. Uh, And and in its due context, it stands alone. But even at the top of the leaderboard with Lydia Ko, in her way, this is a story about her trying to drive on and march back up to the pinnacle of where she once was. And if you look through this leaderboard, there's many stories like that, as well as the upstarts and, and everything that goes into making the game of golf, a tournament proper in sports in general, so compelling. Your thoughts on the mix of this leaderboard?
4: Yeah, I talked about this a little bit this morning on Golf Channel as well. You know, this Lydia Ko story, this comeback story. Um, you know, maybe in the making here. We've seen her make so many changes with her game, with her team, um, with her different coaches over the years. Um, what I was most excited to see is that she's been able to continue to build on the momentum that she found in 2020, you know, three top tens in her last four starts of the year. Um, to now continue to build on that momentum through the off season, I think says a lot about the work that she's doing with Sean Foley. She might have finally found a coach here that can really connect with her. Um, And and they're starting to see the results. Um, You know, we've seen some flashes of of the Lydia Ko of old over the last few years. But I think now that we're kind of seeing that on a more consistent basis is what's giving um, you know golf fans a little bit more hope that maybe there is a comeback here um, as Lydia looks to return to the winner's circle for the first time since 2018. So it'll be exciting to see if she can build on that uh, 65 that she opened with here on her home course. She said it was probably her best round that she's had here. Um, So we'll see if she can back that up again here on Friday.
0: You're going to hear from Lydia coming up in the show from those comments right now. She is level par through four holes played today, standing on the mark of seven under par. And she has a one shot lead over a growing list of those at six under par Larson and Madsen and Corda Amongst them. So not only is she being pursued by some players that can absolutely play the game, but there's some young players in the mix. I love the mix of veteran and young players everywhere across the game, whether we're talking PGA Tour, European Tour or LPGA. But your thoughts in terms of the characters that are on this leaderboard. And I'm not just talking about top 10 through the whole field. That's the that's the way it's mixed.
4: Yeah, I think the big mix this week has been the return of a, a player from another generation with Annika Swordstam ah, in the field. Absolutely. You know, I mean, she's here playing alongside a generation that she inspired to take up the game. I think a third of the field has come through her Annika Foundation, have, have played wow. in her events over the years. So she's seen them as young girls, you know, young children growing up. Uh, Anna Norquist was the first recipient of one of her uh, scholarships, um, and so I'll now understand. to be, you know, actually grouped with her this week, yeah, it's it's really neat to see it come full circle and to see these generations coming together I can't tell you how many players I've talked to that said you know I watched Annika when I was growing up and you know for a lot of these girls she is it she was the hero that inspired them you know to take up the game and this is their very first opportunity um, to compete alongside her and see firsthand what it's like to play up close with this icon and this legend they looked up to so it's really exciting and I hope it's an inspiration to me those other players out there that you know hung up the game early that walked away and retired that, you know, you see when, you know, players like Annika retire so early at the age of 37, you know, all these years later, she's still got a lot of game left. She can still come back out here and compete. And, and she's hoping to do that now having turn uh, 50 in 2020. She's now eligible to compete uh, in the U.S. women's open uh this summer which she's really looking at this week's event as a tune-up for that you know to try and get back into competitive form so hopefully we will see her at that major championship this summer and you know she told me she doesn't plan to play in any other lpga events uh coming up but we can only hope that she's getting bit by the bug and maybe we'll see her out here a little bit more
0: wouldn't that be great? I love that the way you phrase that, that Amy, I certainly hope that is the case as well. So with the rest of Friday still before Saturday and Sunday after that for the Gainbridge, what are you most excited about with the, the days in the golf that lies ahead?
4: Yeah, I'm really excited just to see how Lydia Ko can continue to build over the next few days. Another one to watch, I think, is going to be Nellie Corda. She's right there making a little bit of a move here this morning as well. Um, She is the top-ranked American here in the field, and I think she has the potential to one day be you know, the number one player in the world. She's just got this fire and competitive nature, and I think uh, not getting into that playoff with her sister Jessica Korda and Danielle Kang at the Diamond Resorts Tournament of Champions in the season opener certainly was a motivator for her to come out and play here again this week so it could be pretty exciting to see uh two quartas win the first two events of the 2021 season but uh she's definitely one i'll be keeping an eye on
0: we're looking forward to it as well amy rogers thank you very much for your time on this friday again great work with everything that you're doing we love it uh, and very much appreciate that you would give us as much time as you did this morning. I'm not sure what Dom told you when he had you on, but I've just been eating up a half hour of your busy schedule today. And we're looking forward to watching uh, everything that you're doing. I mean, you're on you're on so many different platforms and doing so much right now that we can't wait to see what's next.
4: Thank you, thanks Matt, and thanks for having me on your platform and and being part of my journey too. So I appreciate no worries, it, my
0: friend. Absolute pleasure. Okay, folks, we got a lot to go through with you this morning, so. When we come back, one of the roads that we wanted to go down with you was with Tiger's accident. There has been a tremendous amount of talk about Ben Hogan's accident and the comparisons between the two, namely the severe injuries to uh, Ben Hogan's legs and to uh, Tiger Woods' legs. But what actually happened to Hogan is not something that I think has been talked about an awful lot. It's just kind of been, been mentioned in general terms. So when we come back, I want to talk about that. Not so much as a direct comparison, I'll let you draw your own conclusions to it, but at least to understand what actually took place. More of the Fairways of Life show worldwide after this. The best golf experiences are the unique ones that combine breathtaking beauty, inspiring designs, and refined luxuries. Streamsong Resort, conveniently located in Central Florida, is unlike any golf experience you've ever had. Award-winning courses by Corin Crenshaw, Tom Doak, and Gil Hans will challenge and amaze in a dunescape you'll swear cannot exist in Florida. Awaken your senses, then, at their opulent spa or enjoy world-class bass fishing, archery, or clay shooting. The options are endless and you can cap it all off with luscious and distinctive culinary choices to delight any palate. Visit StreamSongResort.com today to plan your golf trip. That's everything that you would want and nothing like you've ever experienced. Let me ask you a question. Are you in pain in the golf course? You know, pain management is a crisis in America. It affects over 100 million people and 35% of golfers. But now we can do something about it. BioFit 360 is a new company here to help us manage and alleviate that pain naturally. They've developed a formula that safely extracts CBD from the hemp plant and utilizes all of its healing properties to help us. They have a relief cream, they have gummies, they have sleep aids, and much more. It will change the way you feel on the golf course and in life. All you need to do is head to biofit360.com. Feel better, do better, be better.
6: Hi, I'm Brian Hammons. You Country Club members can now represent your club and compete in a Ryder Cup-style event. The inaugural Country Club National Championship, presented by Fuzzy's Ultra Premium Vodka. It's October 12th through the 17th at Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida. The field is limited, so don't delay. For more information, go to ccncgolf.com. That's ccncgolf.com. I hope to see you and your team in Orlando.
0: Welcome back to the Fairways Life Show on this Friday. Lydia Ko continues to hold a one-shot lead at the Gamebridge LPGA out at Lake Nona. So there was so much talk after Tiger's car accident and comparisons made to Ben Hogan's accident. And, and it is eerie in that you have these two great champions that have suffered the leg injuries that they have. But but as I was listening to it all, I was thinking to myself, you know, I think we need to go deeper into what actually happened to Ben Hogan so that people understand what took place. Uh, in the case of Tiger's car accident, we're still waiting to find out exactly what took place. I think pretty much the only information that we're really getting at this point is what they know at this point, which is they suspect that speed was involved. Other than that, that's, that's all we know. Uh, one of the Pieces of information that came out in the last 24 hours is that in initial discussions with Tiger about the car accident, he doesn't have any recollection at all of the accident, which I thought was fascinating, although I suspect it's not that unusual for an accident of that severity. But when it comes to Ben Hogan, I wanted to give a little bit of historic reference to what took place. In February of 1949, Ben Hogan was coming off having won two of the four tournaments that he had already played in that year. Ben Hogan was coming off a year in 1948 in which, for the first time in his career, he won two major championships in the same season. In Ben Hogan's case, it was the U.S. Open and the PGA Championship. Two weeks prior to his accident, he was on the cover of Time magazine. And Ben Hogan's face came with the following quote, one that you probably recognize for him. If you can't outplay them, outwork them. Ironically, within that article, Hogan was asked, what is it about being a touring professional that takes the most out of you? And his quote, when viewed through the spectrum of time, is chilling. He said, quoting, it's the traveling. I want to die an old man, not a young one. Two weeks later, on February 2nd, 1949, at 8.30 a.m., a a 36-year-old Ben Hogan was driving his car home with his wife, Valerie. They were driving east on Highway 80 near Van Horn, Texas. The conditions were extremely foggy. In front of them, through the fog, a Greyhound bus was running late. The driver was speeding, and he was trying to make up time. He decided to pass a truck that was in front of him. To do so, he pulled into the oncoming traffic lane. Through the fog, the Hogan's saw headlights directly in front of them. The Hogan's were reportedly moving at 25 miles per hour. Hogan, in his 1949 Cadillac, had nowhere to go. He was on a bridge. Valerie, at that time, exclaimed, he's going to hit us. At that moment, Ben Hogan threw his body across his wife's legs to keep her from being ejected through the windshield. Remember, these were the days before seatbelts. The Hogan's car was then hit by a 50,000-pound Greyhound bus. The majority of the crash hit on the left front of Hogan's car. Ironically, in Ben Hogan's selfless act of throwing his body across his wife's lap to save her life, most likely also saved his. Parts of the engine and the steering wheel impaled into the driver's seat behind him. What was interesting as well is that Hogan, who was unconscious after the initial crash, Valerie was in and out of of consciousness initially, but she was okay, relative speaking, initially thought that her husband was dead. He went in and out of consciousness multiple times and said to his wife, get out. The reason why he said that was Hogan thought the car might explode. Valerie reportedly put her husband into a sitting position. Remember, his legs were still where, right now, the engine was. His injuries were absolutely horrific. Reportedly, a driver that came to their assistance helped get Mr. Hogan out of the car. I have heard varying accounts of whether he was able to do that or the emergency responders was, were able to do that. What is known, though, is that it took some 90 minutes before they could start to take him to the hospital because of what was going on at the scene. Now, in terms of what happened to Ben Hogan, again, when you saw the picture of the crash that we showed you, predominantly on the left side of that car. The left side of his body was, in essence, crushed. Double fracture of his pelvis, fractures and contusions, including ankle, ribs, collarbone, and shoulders. In addition, he had severe uh, internal injuries, and he had injuries to his left eye. When he was brought to the hospital, obviously he was in critical condition, but After extensive surgery and the doctors had said his bones, they expected a relatively quick recovery and said as much to national media uh, in the days that followed. But unfortunately, after a few weeks in the hospital, blood clots started to form in his legs and one of them traveled to his lungs. It required more surgery, abdominal in this case. And they tied off a large vein that carried blood from the lower half of his body Uh, After that point, uh, and and in doing so and tying off that vein, it did cause pain and swelling, particularly to his legs, and that was something that he dealt with for the rest of his life. Uh, You may be aware of the fact that before the accident, Ben Hogan, who won nine major championships, had won three. After that accident, he won six more major championships and 12 more tournaments overall. So I thought you guys would enjoy just knowing a little bit more about what actually happened to Ben Hogan and how severe it was. It was highlighted, of course, by him coming back and winning that 1950 U.S. Open at Marion. Uh, A book that was published on it recently was called The The Miracle at Marion. And in many ways, uh, the fact that Ben Hogan survived what he survived is, in fact, a miracle. And we wish the very best to Tiger Woods as well. When we come back, you're going to hear the voices of those that have defined the week as yet, and perhaps the week that will be. Stay with us. More of the Fairways of Life show worldwide after this. If I told you legends like Robert Trent Jones Sr., Arthur Hills, and Donald Ross have designed and inspired more than 10 breathtaking courses and they're all in one place. Would you believe me? Where is this special place? How far do I have to travel for this golfing nirvana? The answer could both surprise and delight you. It's right around the corner in the heartland of the country. It's Boyne Golf in northern Michigan. It's a destination so special, so unique, that you'll think you're playing golf on a work of art along the cliffs of the Monterey Peninsula or the raw sweeping landscapes of Scotland. From elite instruction with the Boeing Golf Academy, tournaments, and so much more. Boeing Golf truly offers an unrivaled golf vacation experience. Log on to Golf.com and see why they're at the heart of America's summer golf capital.
3: Come to where history meets luxury at the family-friendly French Lick Springs Hotel, where there's something for everyone
0: What is your golf bucket list? Where do you want to go? Do it with thegolftravelgroup.com.
7: It screams. It
1: tracks. It's soft. It reacts. It is the all-new Tour B with a game-changing reactive cover designed to spring faster off your driver and stick longer to your wedges. Try the new Tour B, the Tour Ball reinvented.
0: Let's face it, there's no better feeling than getting new golf gear. And where you get your golf gear matters. PJ Tour Superstore is America's number one golf retailer. Whatever you're looking for, they have it. And you can get custom fit. You can shop online or safely in their stores. At the PJ Tour Superstore, you'll always find golf's biggest brands and all the latest equipment Right at your fingertips. If you need it or want it, they've got it. Log on to PGATour to upgrade your game today. Welcome back to the Fairways The Life Show on this Friday. I Hope you guys are having a great one from wherever around the globe you are joining us today. Uh, You just saw the spot or heard it if you're listening to us on the radio side around the world for the PGA Tour Superstore. Uh, You can shop online and see everything that they have to offer. Right now is when all of the new products are being loaded into golf shops around the world. All the stuff that you've probably seen me talk about on Golf Channel or seen us talk about here on the Fairways of Life show. We will be doing more of that as well because we're having fun talking about this product. Some really, really cool things were introduced for 2021 And it was a question at first because when the pandemic hit and and for a few weeks, everything shut down. Remember, golf courses were closed in the U.K. and Ireland. They're still closed down in the lockdown. And no one really knew what was going to happen with the golf industry. Well, once golf started to be played in the USA and people realized, you know what, this is an incredibly safe way to get out in the sunshine, get some fresh air, get some exercise, golf started to boom. So where the question was, for a lot of equipment companies, do we keep the same line that we had in 2020 into 2021? Their fear was, of course, the pipelines would be full of product. But because golf boomed, it cleared through everything. So all kinds of new products were introduced for 2021. You can see them all at the PGA Tour Superstore. Log on to pgatoursuperstore.com And don't forget, if you need something, a wedge or driver, or whatever it is, and you want it for this weekend, like tomorrow or Sunday, get in touch with PJ Tour Superstore. They can deliver it to your curbside, or you can shop safely in the store. They've gone to extraordinary lengths to make the stores safe to shop in. They are packed with experts. That's the reason why num- they are the number one golf retailer in America, pjtoursuperstore.com Okay, I can report to you at this hour on a Friday that Lydia Ko has extended her lead to two shots at the Gainbridge. She's one under through five now and has a two-shot lead over multiple players at six under par. Ryan two, Nicole Broch-Larsen, Nana, uh, Kurtz Madsen, uh, Nelly Korda, Chela Choi, all those players are at six under par. But for Lydia Ko, we go back to round one with an assessment of what went right on a place that she knows so well.
7: Yeah, um, obviously when off to a perfect start uh you know holding out um for my second shot on the first hole and I think um overall I hit the ball really well today so um keeping on the fairways is is key because the superintendent Brandon and just the whole team have done a great job of growing the rough and making it pretty tough so yeah um overall pretty solid and definitely nice to be able to uh, start the tournament um in a positive way how did hole one start out for you how did it play out Um, I hit a really good drive um, and then I only had get wedge into the green and um, I had my sunglasses on and I saw it bounce and then kind of go forward and then disappear but there's a ridge behind um, so I wasn't sure if it went over the ridge or went in um, and I didn't want to like celebrate and then look down and the ball is like 30 feet long so um, it was a pleasant surprise to see that the ball was down at the bottom of the cup. It was also pleasant to see you make that putt on 18. How was that, and do you think putting was a strong part of your game today? Um, I think I hold a few good ones. Um, you know, with the green speed pick, uh, getting faster, um, it's definitely key to have your speed on point. And I think for most parts, I was able to do that. Um, you know, there's always parts where you feel like you could have done better, but I think overall it was solid. And you know, always nice finishing um, off with a birdie on the last. Uh, a question for me before turning it over to Beth Ann. Given that this is your home course, how comfortable do you feel out there and do you think that any conditions will particularly change that comfortability throughout the week? Um, you know at the end of the day everybody plays the same golf course in pretty similar wind directions um, you know most of the time it doesn't you know change from south wind to north wind at the you know from between the morning and afternoon so it's pretty consistent um, but I just got to play my own game out there obviously because I have played you know a little bit um, you kind of get used to seeing the golf course and you know visualizing it but you know, no matter what golf course you play whether it's familiar or not you still need to hit the shot uh, so so it's a bit of an advantage because you know but at the same time I feel like you need to still hit good shots and be committed out there and I think I was able to do that pretty well so um, hopefully I'll be able to continue that over the next few days. Yeah um, you know obviously so cool uh, you know seeing uh Annika and, you know, just being in the group behind her and, you know, seeing her, seeing her hit a few shots. Um, you know, I've, uh, always seen her on TV play and, you know, to play with her last Saturday and then to play behind her, I think is super cool. And and hopefully this brings a lot of attention and hype back, uh, for us, you know, on tour and just into women's golf. And, um, I know it's I'm pretty sure it's not easy for her to come back, you know, especially after being retired for so long. Um, but you no, know, I think this is a pretty big statement, and yeah, definitely cool for me to be in the same field as I think the goat. I say,
0: <laughs> very cool indeed. Uh, Lydia is still leading as of this Friday. She has a two-shot lead as we speak. All right, out to the World Golf Championships Workday Championship at the Concession Two. Are in the lead currently. Matt Fitzpatrick with a round of 66, matched by Webb Simpson, six under par after a 66. We open with Webb Simpson talking about the round that was.
5: Course is, is fantastic. It's firm. Uh, I was hoping it would get firm and fast. Um, it takes that you know lengthy scorecard down a little bit. Um, and very pleased with the start. You know I worked on a couple things last week. You know with putting alignment and. Uh, with my driver, and I saw good things from that today. You always want to see it first round back, but it doesn't always happen that way. So I was happy to see like tough, you know, tee shots with trouble, really stepping up and making good swings, and, and you know made a lot of putts today. So that was a good feeling. Yeah,
2: number twelve. How do you think through that tee shot? I've never seen such a like wide dispersion of people yeah. doing different things off.
5: Well, day. for me, if I can't carry that bunker, I'm going to lay it up, and I don't like going up the right, so I just hit it you know, straight down the left center. Um, But tomorrow's a different win. Tomorrow I'll probably be going for the green. Um, It's a great hole. Yeah.
2: And this is a little more general, but how do you approach – I notice there's there's a fair amount of waiting on a hole like that and then in general with a bunch of reachable par fives today. How do you approach waiting for the green to clear and then, like, resettling yourself?
5: Um, Hopefully, you know, you got people you're out with, you enjoy, and, you know, you talk to. You just – you try to kind of get out of golf mode. Um, you know, with 70, whatever we have, 76 people, threesomes, it's going to be slow. So I think we know that going in and that helps. Hopefully they'll send us off in twos on Saturday and Sunday.
0: I'm going to give the top 10 just, you know, yeah. I'm just telling Andrew, I'm going to go down the top 10 with you guys because the field, this is a limited field as Webb was just talking about. And yet, even hearing the top 10 names, will give you pause and go, whoa, yeah, Webb Simpson and Matt Fitzpatrick both at 6-under. You're going to hear from Matt in just a second. You're also going to hear from Brooks Kepka, because he starts a group tied for third at 5-under par. That also includes Billy Horschel, a former FedEx Cup champ. Sergio Garcia is in there at 5-under par. And Kevin Kistner at 5-under. Wade Ormsby, who had the lead for much of the day for the Australian, finished at 4-under. And that's a tie for seventh. And that will complete the rest of the players at the top ten as follows. Sunjay M. Cameron Smith. Patrick Reed. John Rahm, Tony Finau. See, that's what I was telling you about some of the names that are in the top 10 and it continues that way as we go down the leaderboard. Tied for 13th, one shot further adrift. You can find Rory McIlroy on that mark at three under. But first, let's hear from the other co-leader, Matt Fitzpatrick, who was talking about brand new golf course for everybody, but he had it working when he needed to.
8: Yeah, I thought I played really solid today. Um, Just said there sort of I was aiming, aiming right of pins and pulling it left and aiming left and pushing it right. That's that's kind of the way I, you know, when when you're on, that's kind of what happens. It's it's great, and uh, there's not many flags out there today where you can go at just because the miss is so penal if you miss it in the, on short side. So um, that's been the big positive for me today is is that I feel like my irons were good and um, I, I hit them in the right spots.
6: You've been on a good roll. How confident are you in, in- um, what do you like so much about your game right now
8: yeah i uh I feel like it took a lot from my win at the end of the year in in uh, in dubai um, and uh I feel like my game was in really good shape there and we kind of found something that that gave me a really good feeling so uh, I've kind of pressed on with that um we kind of lost it at the start of the year and sort of we didn't really manage it over the over the winter i guess and and uh, we sort of quickly. Rectified that, and and hopefully it's sort of back in back in good shape. And I feel, like I say, I feel confident in, in where it's at. I'm not saying that I'm going to go out and win every week, but you know, it's just having that comfort factor in, in your swing and and uh, and your game as you as you play week in week out.
6: When you talk about rectifying, it, is that just a matter of putting in the hours, or is there something else that you have to do to say, okay, we, this is how we get out of the winter
8: slump? Yeah, no, it's it's just plenty of plenty of practice. You know, plenty of block stuff that. Um, just you know it, just grinding it in yeah, yeah, I, I know what it was and, and my coach obviously told me what it was and uh, the way we fixed it, it was kind of simple. It was kind of just a bit of posture and a bit of takeaway and um, then you just sort of grind that in and get comfortable with it and um, just try and keep those feelings for, for the rest of your life you know it's uh, it, when you've got it on a, or when you feel like you got it on a string and you you've had a good tournament particularly in Dubai. You, you, you think you're unbeatable, and then literally two weeks later you can't hit your hat, so um, it's, about, it's about trying to find that, uh, that middle ground where you can it's repeatable and you have good feelings.
0: Isn't that the game of golf? And to some extent, I think that's been the game of golf for Brooks kept on his march back into form. Well, I guess that the thing is, for Brooks now who has won and he feels like he has form, watch out.
6: Um, I felt like my putter, uh, you know, stupid three putt from like 12 feet, 15 feet on, on the one hole. Um, I was it 16, but other than that, I've been striking the ball so well. I love, love these new irons, the flight on them. It's, it's a little higher, um, and just I'm striking the ball so well. So I expect to be there, you know, at, um, on Sunday. How comfortable were you on the greens? How, how are the greens out here? They... I don't know if it's just a couple of the changes I've made in putting, um, just a couple of adjustments, or it's just the fact of being on Bermuda. Um, it could be either one, I'm not, I'm not quite sure, but um, it does feel nice to be on Bermuda, that's for sure.
2: What did you make your up and down on uh, number 12? First, just how you approach that hole in general and then where you
6: were? Uh, I mean, I never should have been right. My neck stiffened up and just hit it right a couple times like that. But um, just got to accept it and move on. It's, it's already in a bad spot and try to make the best of a bad situation. Yes, you did
2: that. And then uh, what's it like playing with... With DJ and Berger, obviously two guys you've spent a ton of time with over the years.
6: Yeah, I mean it's nice to play with them, Obviously, you know DJ's the best player in the world. So he didn't exactly play like it today, but you know he's going to come back out tomorrow and play good. So um, and I always enjoy playing with Berger. It's quite fun. You get some laughs.
2: Thanks, Brooks.
6: Do you have now that you have twenty-seven holes under your belt? Do you go into tomorrow any differently? Thinking any differently, or is it just no same, I, different day? I don't. I don't think too much. I just try to keep it pretty simple. It's, you know, it's 300 yards to the bunker or there's a bunker that cuts out. okay, well, then it's just three wood. Um, You know, it's just try to make golf as simple as possible. And I think that's where some of the confusion with me gets gets thrown in there. It's just I try to make it very simple and I don't overcomplicate it. You know, I'm not thinking, you know, the club's got to be in a certain position to do this, do that. Just get up there and see it and go hit it. And last thing, how was it? How nice was it to get back to Florida? Yeah, it was nice. I'm, I'm excited to be in Florida.
0: I think I just saw Brooks Kepka smile to one of the media members with a question he asked. It was an easy question. How do you like being back in Florida? He says, that was nice. Yeah, he's five hundred and one and one shot back. But it's a position that he shares with another major champion. One that's been, shall I say, a little bit quiet of late, one Sergio Garcia.
9: It's the kind of golf course that you probably need... Need to play it a few times. Uh, very, very tricky around the greens for sure. Uh, of the tees, it's uh, it's quite. Uh, you know, you can see what you want to do. Obviously, you have to just hit good tee shots. But uh, but definitely uh, on the greens and around the greens, it gets uh, it gets very tricky. Yes, uh, it obviously it is it is a bit challenging, mainly because um, you know you're not used to some of the spots and, and like I was saying earlier, you know, these greens are very tricky and they have a lot of runoff areas and, and, and spots that, you know, that, that are part of the green that are, that are not really green, you know, because they, the ball runs off. So you just have to uh, take a good look through the practice rounds, make sure you, uh, you pick your spots and, um, and then uh, try, to, try to manage it the, the best way possible.
0: One shot off that five-under mark. Remember, five-under is one shot off the lead that Sergio was part of that grouping. Then you find those at four-under par. It includes one John Rom where when he's lurking, when he's close to the lead, even on a golf course that nobody knows that well, watch out.
1: Really good. Um, you know, I played really good golf in a challenging golf course, and, and it was a lot of fun. I going to say, besides the last tee shot, I was almost perfect off the tee. The only other missed fairway was some 10, and I was in a pretty good spot. So, um, just too bad that the one I missed—you know—it wasn't even that bad of a tee shot. Uh, costed me, costed me so much. But either way, 60, 68 is a great round. Played really good golf. Um, you know, hopefully I can keep this
2: ball striking up all week. How much did uh, prior knowledge, having played here in the NCAA's, help you in your strategy this week? And as far as just knowing your way around?
1: Well. Just being familiar with an area helps because the golf course played nothing like it's playing this week. It was felt like a million degrees. It was windy. Uh, it was a different wind as well, and the greens were firmer than they are right now. So uh, it felt, like I said, very different golf course. Also, I'm a very, very different player to when I was back then. Uh, I wish I was this good when I was playing in college. <laughs> but just being familiar with it, it helps. You know, Just having seen tee shots and just and having seen putts and having seen certain things happen helps a lot.
2: What's uh, something that you might want to improve on for tomorrow's round?
1: It was a pretty solid round all throughout. Um, I think we just learned, you know, those fairways got really firm overnight. Yesterday they were not rolling and releasing this much. Uh, In fact, yesterday I hit the same tee shot I hit today on 18 and I was in the fairway. So uh, just be aware of that, you know, maybe adjusting some tee shots and some holes and if anything, I just keep doing what I'm doing. Um, I just never put myself out of position or in a tough spot. So that's why, you know, it seemed like a pretty, not an easy, but uneventful four under par. So just keep doing the same thing uh, and just knowing that birdies are out there. Clearly, people are making birdies and it's going to take a little sport to win
0: here. Fascinating, isn't it? An uneventful four under par. Now for Rory McElroy, his mark of three under par that currently has him three shots off the lead I wouldn't describe it as uneventful. Let's hear how Rory described the round.
10: Yeah, I mean, it's. Um, I think with any new course, it's just a matter of getting comfortable with visuals and lines off tees, and then, you know, I think we're all sort of learn, you know, learning the golf course a little bit as we as we go along. Um, sort of every or most tour events we go to, we basically know where the four pin positions are going to be, and you know, we can practice to those, but. Uh, I guess here, new greens, sort of undulating greens. You know, there's a lot of options and where they can put pins, and um, you you're trying to guess as best you can where they're going to be, but then you never really know until you you get into the uh, the tournament round. So, yeah, I mean, it's I mean, I think tee to green, it's it's pretty uh, simple, uh, but then around the greens, it um, you know, I think it's sort of one of these places. The more you play it, the more the more you'll just feel comfortable with it. How comfortable were you on the greens? We heard you talking over there. Um, I mean, pretty comfortable. I held some good ones, but then I missed some that I that I should have made. Uh, and yeah, I don't feel like I held. I don't feel like I made bad strokes. Uh, Might have been a couple of misreads uh, and putts that you know I I felt that I hit good that just didn't do what I thought they were going to do. So um, I'll go do some work here in a little bit and. Try to get it figured out for tomorrow.
2: Yeah, you looked like you were working pretty hard yesterday before the round. Was, was that a longer-range session than a typical Wednesday?
10: Uh, yeah, and then yesterday afternoon, I grinded. I mean, I had a long day. I got to the course here yesterday at 7.30 and left at 5.30, so it was a 10-hour day. Uh, so I was I slept well last night. Uh, but I, I, I needed to put some work in. I was dreadful last week at Riviera, and... Uh, Put some work in, and it's starting to feel a little bit better. I thought my tee to green game today was a lot better than it than it was over the last few days, and um, you know I'll probably go hit some balls first. I feel like I've got a decent feeling, in what I'm trying to do. Uh, and then hit some putts and try to get that figured out as well.
2: Yeah, you said you were, felt like you were getting too steep. Is that kind of what you were working on, is shallowing out in a certain way? Or? Well, no, it's sort of that's
10: a reaction to where the club gets to in the backswing, right? You fi- you fix the backswing, and then the club will naturally want to do what it's supposed to do on the way down. So if you get the club behind you, like most amateurs know, you get the club behind you on the way back, it's just going to come over the top. and It's a... It's basically a professional over-the-top move is what I'm trying to fight at the minute. So um, get the club in a good position on the way back, then it, it wants to do the right thing coming down.
2: Last thing, number 12. Uh, does that seem like a no-brainer to go for it for you? Or? Uh,
10: yeah, I mean, I didn't even think about laying up in the practice rounds. Uh, I hit a good one today. I didn't actually think I'd hit it that far into the wind and get over that bunker, and I actually had a really tricky uh, chip shot. But... Yeah, I mean, if you feel comfortable with the driver, it's, it's one that I'd for sure go with or good yeah. go for.
0: Rory always gives you good content. He's three under. He is three shots off the lead currently. In terms of watching the World Golf Championship, uh, Workday Championship at the concession, here are the airtimes coming up today. 1 p.m., all these times are Eastern, 1 p.m. on Golf Channel. Saturday, it split between Golf Channel and The Mothership at NBC at noon and 2.30. Same on Sunday at noon and 2.30. For PGA Tour Radio and PGA Tour Live, first I'll mention PGA Tour Live. It starts today at 11 a.m., Saturday at 8 a.m. and uh, 2.30 p.m. Those are the two splits between featured groups and featured holes that they have. Same on Sunday at 8 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. Again, all Eastern time. Uh, PGA Tour Live is distributed by NBC Sports Gold through the balance of 2021. PGA Tour Radio will be on the air today at noon Eastern time, Saturday and Sunday. Tea time set for PGA Tour Radio is 1 p.m. Eastern time each of those two days. PGA Tour Radio can be heard for free on the PGA Tour app or on pgatour.com. That's good all over the globe. If you're in North America, you can also listen to it on the paid satellite service, Sirius XM. The Puerto Rico Open, which I'm going to give you a leaderboard update in just a second, but first I want to give you the air times. Uh, today at 10 a.m., uh, so it's just coming on the air on Golf Channel as we speak during our live window here on a Friday. Saturday and Sunday, the coverage will be at 2.30 p.m., each of those two days, the Gainbridge LPGA coverage can be found on golf channel tonight at 6:30 p.m. Eastern time tape delayed same on Saturday and Sunday prime time for the LPGA, but it is tape delayed at 8 p.m each of those two days. Now, to the Puerto Rico Open, just give you an update on that leaderboard before we say goodbye on this Friday. Brandon Wu is leading the way. One under through 10 holes played today to reach the mark of seven under par. Multiple, multiple players are on six under par. It includes Lucas Glover, Jonathan Vegas, Robert Garrigus, uh, all on the mark of six under in a huge group. And then at... Five under par, only two shots back, but dropping all the way down to a tie for 16th on the leaderboard. Aaron Baddeley, amongst those in that grouping, and that grouping is very large as well. Bill Haas has just joined that group. He's three under through 12 in his second round at the Puerto Rico Open. Thank you so much, folks, for being a part of the Fairways of Life show today. I had a lot of fun. It was fun catching up with Amy Rogers, uh, who's covering the LPGA for Golf Channel and. Joining us to talk about what she did with Madeleine Sagstrom's incredible feature. If you catch yesterday's show, you can always find it on YouTube. Just go to the Fairways of Life page on YouTube and you can subscribe there. See everything you can find us on Facebook. You can find us in dozens of places on the TV side and even more than dozens of places on the radio side all over the world. I hope your world is a good one and a safe one on this Friday and through the course of the weekend. If we're spared, we'll see you again on Monday to recap everything that took place. Until then, goodbye for now.